Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. We're already into the back half of the top 25 of the 50 most relevant. You've got MJ with you. Sitting alongside me for this episode, I've got Kane. Hello, mate. How you doing? Very well, MJ. Into the low 20s now. Low 20s, the age Which I can pretend uh, to be, but the body says, no, MJ, you are not in your low 20s. Put another decade and then maybe you're getting a little bit closer. Look, we're talking about the Essendon Football Club captain, Dyson Heppel. He is number 23 in the 50 most relevant. And he's that kind of guy that when you say, oh, how old's Dyson Heppel? People go, 30, 32. He's 28 years old. It's reason that it feels like that is he's been so consistent for us amongst the fantasy footy community for so long, relevant from day one with that incredible debut season for us. That doesn't feel that long ago. If you're like, I remember picking him as a cash cow. You've been playing this game for a mighty long time. He is midfield eligible for us and due to some injuries, we got a little bit of fat on the bone in terms of him not being just a premium candidate, but now a genuine stepping stone to consider. His best score last year in AFL Fantasy, unadjusted, came in at 52 against the Sydney Swans. In that same game, it was his best super coach score. It was an 89. Again, not great, but we're not picking him in those 100 territories. We're picking him well below it, so don't panic. From a best ever career score, it was a 156 all the way back in 2017 for AFL Fantasy against the Hawks. While for Carlton, 153 is his best Carlton and best super coach score in that format. 2019 was the season that he delivered that. So not all that long ago. If you want to look back at his average of last year, a 41.3 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. That is an adjusted average of 51, while Supercoach 66 is what he's priced at. We do have a little bit of a discount on him based on his price point because in that format, $319,100, 566K in AFL Fantasy, just a touch under 350000 And Kane, like I said, right off the top, since day one, 2011, when he debuted and played 22 games for us as a cash cow, average of 83.4 across all the formats. He was a year-long keeper as a cash cow. And since then, he's been someone that's always been in and around the mark of our fantasy footy sides. Yeah, MJ, it's so true. Again, to have a debut season in the 80s is just incredible. And yeah. add to the fact that he played every game, it's no surprise that people have fond memories of him as a cash cow because... He was one of the best we've had. You fast forward to Dyson Heppel's you know, career 10 years later in the fantasy perspective, and really it's just that 2014 season where he was averaging 106 across the board that you'd probably consider to be elite. We know he had some defender eligibility in previous years, but for the most of his career, he's been that sole mid. And he's been the guy that has tempted people at times because he does have a really good ceiling and he yeah. can get off to some really big starts and, I feel like a lot of those starts did come in the first few rounds of the season. And we know if you have a big score in round one or two, a lot of people like to pivot to a player like that before the prices change. And when you look at it as a whole, though, he really has just been a hundred guy, which is someone we've, we'd overlook at times. But like you mentioned, MJ, we're not paying that price tag anymore. This year in particular, we're paying, you know, mid-tier level where we've got guys who 
we think can take that next step, whether they're first or second year players coming into the league. Or we've got guys who've had big injuries. Or we've got guys that really we just know aren't proven scorers. So to have a guy like Dyson Heffel that's got runs on the board for 10 years, yeah, the fantasy game's there. I think the clear concern is what's the go with the body? Well, that, that ultimately, and we'll spend a bit of time on that in a second, is really going to be the ultimate definer. More than role, uh, he's clearly best 22 as the voted back in captain of the club as recently as just a week ago um, at time of recording. What, what coaches do need to remind themselves, and it's a very different time. If you go back to 2014, it was a very, very different time. And it is dangerous to go this far back, but there's a reason why people do hold him with such high acclaim. That year, 13 tons across the formats. And he's done similar across his career. But some of the scores that he was delivering all the way back then had people thinking, certainly for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he's the next elite 110 career premium. Again, listen just to some of these tons that he delivered back in that format of the year, 150. 120, 144, 129, 127, 126, another 152 and ended out the year with a 129 and 120. Bunch of 120s, 130s through that year as well. So he's this guy that has shown, and it is a long time ago now, pre that year off with the drug saga. It's a long time since he's delivered big, big tons. But over his career, he's been a really durable player for us and has still delivered good scores. Go back to 2019. There's five tons across that year in AFL fantasy and also in Supercoach. 107 in round one back in 2019 in AFL fantasy. 114, 123, 116, 111. While in Supercoach, 125, a 118, a 115. A huge 153 in round 11, 2019 against uh, the arch rivals in Carlton and a 101. And so even just 12 months ago, he's coming off the back of another 90 average season because historically he's got good durability. Now the past 18 months, valid point, pear shaped. But if you want to look at his average of just the five years previous to 2020, here's what he's rolling with. 106, 101, 100, 101, 93. That's for AFL fantasy while super coach 106, 104, 99, 101, 94. And here we've got a guy in Dream Team and Supercoach, he's priced in and around that 350K marker. And then you go into AFL Fantasy and he's priced mid-500s. Like you've got to spend another 200 odd thousand to get up to a Tim Taranto, who we talked about just a few days ago. You've got to spend another under 150,000 on top of that to start looking at the upper echelons. How big of a gap? Could there be, in terms of a fit and firing Heppel, that's the question, we'll talk about it in a second, but how big of a gap? Is there really a 300, 350,000-point gap between a Dyson Heppel and a Lockie Neal? I don't know. And is it worth in that format or in all the other formats, if we're trying to get all these big boys, we need to find value in built into players. And it's not just a forecasted it's not just a could he do it it's a he's done it year upon year well mj this is what's fascinating about his durability and i think people will take both sides of this discussion in, mm. in heppel's debut season in 2011 all the way up to round 16 in 2019 he missed six games in the last 25 games he's played just six mm. 
So is that a really unlucky stretch? And we're looking and we look back and go, this look how durable this guy was? Or a guy that's going to be 29 this year. Yeah. Is all that toll catching up? And injuries, unfortunately, are going to be something that he has to put up with. Granted, I think the lucky thing for us as coaches is the range he's priced at. Yeah. The risk and doesn't the, matter. The either. risk is not really there as much as a premium. And the scores you read out, those ceiling games, mm. at his price tag, he can quite comfortably generate 125, 150, potentially 200K. The yeah, caveat I have if he, get, if he makes 200K in a format is he's playing so well, you've got no intention of trading him. Yeah, probably. It was Jack Viney last year. People said, I didn't jump off at his highest point. Well, you would have been mad in a way to jump off at his highest point because he was also averaging 115. Yeah, so yeah. it's one of those things. If he starts making that much money, he's doing so well that it's not even worth the trade. Yeah. Uh, so if that's sort of what he can do in terms of cash generation, that's mitigating a lot of risk, especially if we're not super comfortable with our rookies to have a guy, like you said, captain of the club. So you know he's playing every yeah. week. He's priced enough that there is actually legitimate cash to be made and then move him on yeah and then we start working towards the buy round is very very generous it's round 13 we've got a look at all the round 12 teams there and we know the midfield line you know you can take your pick across really any of those players there's heaps of generous options and also you can move beforehand so i don't think you're really locked in we've got so many dpps now as well that if you had to you can always swing you know your side bottom your danger field you know, you probably led in defense and then go to a stepping stone in another line. I think the tricky thing that people have is, is do you want to structurally have a stepping stone? Because some people are just structurally opposed to having a stepping stone type player. They don't see it worth it. You know, even if Heppel played out the year, I don't think anyone thinks he's a guy that's challenging the top eight mids. I think we're all pretty comfortable at the stage of his career he's at. Now, I'll caveat that for AFL Fantasy is, yes, possibly if the stars aligned, he got defender status, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in that back half of the year, he could be a top six defender in sure. a stretch. Um, I still think that's a really competitive line and you've really got to be up in the, you know, the high 90s, low 100s, I think, with some of the guys we've got in that defender crew. But I think there is a, there is a spot for a Dyson Heppel in your starting team this year. Again, I think the only way is not is if there's so many cows that we don't need a player like that. We can get someone that's, you know, bargain basement cheap and we can go more guns and rookies. But at this stage of the preseason, MJ, you cannot strike Dyson Heppel off your watch list. No, no, not not from a cash cow perspective, but also then... um, He's starting to build his workload up at training there. Um, Head of strengthening conditioning, Sean Murphy, recently told their club website that he's actually building that conditioning right. They're trying to get that mix right between getting him fully fit and healthy, but also making sure his skills are ripe. And especially even more so with just, just the one community series match for us now. Teams, I believe, are going to be much more intent on giving us a closer look at their best 22 with that one game. They don't have the opportunity to go, oh, we'll give the kids a go. Oh, we'll just trial out. No, they want that one real hit against genuine opposition, albeit at different intensity, to trial these things. So what we're going to see is if Heppel's fit and firing, he'll be in that squad. Um, if he doesn't play in the Amy Community Series, if he doesn't get through the preseason, even if named for round one, it's risky. 
to pick him. In AFL fantasy, not as risky, but certainly in super coach and dream team, much more risky. But that's the thing. He's building his workload. He's doing some skills. He participated in some match simulation just the other day. It is only January, so let's not freak out too much. It's still six odd weeks away from the real stuff kicking in. So I, I think even though there's still not the positive news of his feared, he's firing, interrupted free preseason, he's good. Because of those things you mentioned, he still needs to be considered. Yeah, I think that's the exact spot on case, MJ, is that it's one preseason game. If he's not ready, I think a lot of our risk is going to be known going into our mind. If his body's not ready, I think clubs are mature enough now and players are mature enough to know it's okay to miss round one. We know round one is super exciting. You want everyone on the field. But hey, at the scheme of things, it's still just one game. If he needs an extra week on the track to get his body right, well, it makes our starting squad decisions super mm. easy, doesn't it? So I think a lot of those concerns people have are about the body. And at this stage of the preseason, as you said, that's the update from the club. He's a player that's the captain. Yep. He's been through, you know, 10 preseasons now. You know, he should know how to manage his body and the yeah. club know, how do I get Dyson Heppel, our captain, to be in the best possible shape? And hey, if that's not round one, well, let's give him more time and have him ready by round two, three, or whatever that is. I think the main thing you have to look at is structure. And I yes. don't think there's, again, outside of this news we'll get, I'm not really looking to see what Dyson Heppel does in the preseason. His selection in my side is more going to be governed. Like I said, what are the cash cows doing? Yeah. Do I have confidence in these guys that they can stick around? Mm. And obviously, ideally, can they score enough that they can generate cash? Yeah. I think that's, it's not so much what I can see from Dyson. Again, we've been through 10 years of data of what he can do. Yeah. Again, is he peak Dyson Apple? Probably not at the price tag. Doesn't sure. need to be. I want to see what do the guys around him do? And until I have a better idea of that, he's not leaving my watch list. No way. No, he's got to be right in the mix. What fascinates for me, you've talked about that buy around. Uh, you set the caveats in those formats of if he's fit and firing, named round one. Okay, what does he need to do over these opening five or six weeks? Because what we do have at his price point in all formats of the game is options. In AFL Fantasy, just between that 500 and 600,000 marker, we have got a bunch of options. Remember, he's 566 in that format. Um, these are just some of the names that are around that marker that you have genuine considerations. Ben Cunnington, $503,000. Rory Sloan, we revealed about him just a couple of days ago on the 50 most relevant. He's 580k. For 6,000 less, you can get Matt Rowell or you can go right it to the very top. And at 596,000, you've got the Geelong captain, Joel Selwood. If Patrick Dangerfield's building slowly out of the forward line, you could certainly forecast that Joel Selwood might be back as a leader through there. You're looking at Supercoach, um, just as a prime example. He's 9,000 more than Jackson Haightley. Again, a player we talked about just a few days ago. Honestly, if they're both fit, who do you get? Honestly, you probably pick the guy that's got hundreds over the guy that you've never seen more than one single hundred out of there. You look in AFL Dream Team in that format, he's 100,000 more than Will Phillips, who's one of the most genuinely over-selected, maybe over-selected is a bit of a hyperbole, but one of the most highly selected cash cows, who's no guarantee of games early. But for 100,000 more, you can go and get Dyson Heppel. So I think at that point, He's incredible value. And if he doesn't work, 
for whatever reason, whatever doesn't work means, you go down to him, you free up that 100K and you're laughing. So I think at the very least in your preseason, like you said at the top, if you're in the market for a stepping stone, Heppel's got to be on your watch list at very least. The question is, what does he need to do between now and round one to stay in your side or get into your side? Whatever those caveats are, and they got to be realistic, that will ultimately determine. Is it a number of midfield cash cows? Is it you need to see him play through the community series? Is it you need to hear something specifically from Truck Run? Whatever it is, build those versions of the story you need. Build those key pillars. And then from there, away you go. All systems go. Dice and Heppel could be in your side. What do you think in draft, MJ? What are you thinking in draft? Because I think this is one where, again, as we always say, it only takes one coach. Now, again, caveat, are you having positions added throughout the year? That's that's the main thing. Because everyone, and especially if you listen to this podcast, you clearly enjoy your fantasy and you're going to be all over it. That You know, UF and AF both add positions. Yes. Everyone knows that his relevance is going to be if he gets back status. Everyone's yeah. sitting on that. Now, I've heard reports that that's the plan. And Apparently where he's training, all of that, yeah. Again, if we think, you know, I'd sort of have the bar at about 80. So now, are you, you know, some people have it at 90. Some people have it 95. Now, if you throw, as we always say, about 10 points on if you're a defender or a forward to compare them to a midfielder or a ruck, yeah. you know, if, he, if you've got him at an 85 guy, you know, now you're considering him with a 95 back. Like, conceivably, if you really think that's where he's going to be, you could go, you know, as early as almost the sixth, seventh round. Yeah. Now, I'd be very cautious on that. One, you're waiting to get a position, which really? is always scary. Yeah. Um, for me, he's the type of guy I wouldn't mind taking a little bit earlier. You yeah. know, my M6 is probably where I'd ideally want it because if he goes 90 there, you know, he's, he's more than usable. He's probably, you know, maybe five or so points off the pace. But also, like we always say, if you're going to take, target a Dyson Heppel or if you even want to go a little bit early on Dyson Heppel, Back it up with another midfielder, not just for durability purposes, because ideally your intention is to swing them forward. Yeah. If you've stacked your back line, Dyson Heppel, that appeal is not there for you. If you've yeah. if if Lloyd's fallen to you, you know, if you've somehow picked up a Laird or a Whitfoot as well, just by the nature of your draft, and you know, you just kept saying defender's the best value, defender's the best value. Mm. Like your appeal for a Heppel's not really there. The appeal for Heppel is if you're looking at the defenders that are around and you're thinking, geez, these guys are all same, same. Yeah. I might just bolster that midfield and really hope that I can move Heppel to a, you know, to the defense. Like that's your dream scenario. Yeah, it is. I, I always, said the range is going to be crazy of it's when going people to be take him. Yeah. I, I always get nervous about drafting a guy with the hope of DPP. The only reason I would ever use that as a, a position, as a reason for picking him is if I can't split two players. If I'm looking at a Heppel um, and a Haitley, I'm just picking a name out of the hat where you go. I both think they're going to score around the same. Well, pick the guy that I think's clearly an option for picking up DPP. So that's for me where it is. I don't want to draft Dyson Heppel on the field though. I feel like on draft day where I'd like to get him is a spot I'll probably miss him. I was going to say, MJ, um, if you're thinking off the field, he's not in your 
calculations then, is he? No, really? not really. Like, like if someone wants to go, look, I'm, I, I want to get him an, an M7. Cool. Okay, I'm not going to talk you out because at that point, as long as you're supporting the pick, we're in, we're in pick, round 15, 16 then. Yeah, really. Fine. Yeah, that that that's as early as it is. I think there's a small margin that you could go for him. Um, it, it depends on how people around the draft like to go for it. Our friends at the draft doctors have that mock draft simulator. You can go and check that out, see where you find comfort in picking him. But again, where I probably feel comfortable getting him, I know in drafts, I'll likely miss him. And that's okay. You've got to have those guys where you go, this is my range and I'm not going any earlier. And if they pop and go great, that's okay. I didn't feel comfortable getting him at an M7. I only felt comfortable getting him at an M9. So that's okay. Every single one of us, you should do your tiers. You should do your rankings. Yeah, our Patreons, we give you our tiers and our rankings. We will do that for you through February and March, but do your own work. Um, and Because then it helps you back. Well, you have to, MJ, because the real key in drafting is understanding what's left in the pool. Correct. Like, that's why it's not as simple as saying, Here's our list. We've ranked 300 players. Yeah. Because even personally, if I was to do a list like that, if I see Ford's going, you know, I have to adjust that. You know, yeah. if I see Ruck's going, you know, I have to adjust that. You have to adjust in, based on all draft. of that. And, and obviously as well, you're drafting against people too. So you have to be looking at what they're doing. What are they trying to do? What their squads are. Again, it's, it's always so fluid. And that's why it's so fun because it changes every time. Again, I'm in the similar boat. I, I think his body's clearly not holding up yep. the degree it was when he started. And that's more than fair enough. Yeah, it's a bit played. Brett Delidio-ish, isn't it? Like great yeah. durability early like, on. And then as he goes, it just seems to fade. Well, that's what's so scary, MJ, is that this could genuinely be a guy that, you know, you don't even get to use on the field. You know, he's just a guy that's just yeah. sitting there. You know, he's in low 80s, mid only. And you don't even want to use him. He's just depth, depth. Yeah. As I said, then there's going to be someone who's convinced, geez, if he gets back either. to being fitness, he's a 90 back. You know, now yeah. he's right in contention of, you know, the top 10 defenders and he's fit, he's deserving of a fifth, sixth round pick. Yeah, exactly. Again, I'm not, I think the chances of one are greater than the other. And I think yeah. the real, you know, middle ground is where you want to be picking him in, you know, 12 to 16 round yeah. mark. But as I said, if there's a keen person who's, you know, thinks they've got some mail that he's flying and he's playing in defense and it's going to be a kick mark game back there. Again, I, I get that as well. So that's yeah. why your draft has to be your draft. Yeah. Put some time in, understand it. And yeah, we, in 12 months time, MJ, we could be sitting here going, you know, Dyson Apple bounce back. What an ingenious pick or flip side. You know, unfortunately his body's let him down again. And yeah. um, it's been another tough year for the skipper. Yeah, fair enough. I like your thoughts there uh, on Dyson Heppel. Thank you, Kane, for your work on this episode, my friend. No worries, mate. If you want to go and check out the article, it is up online now for you at coachespanel.tv. All the other players we've revealed so far, a new article has landed every single day since 2021 began. Go and check that out. You can go back and listen to all of the podcasts with Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. All your formats are now basically open super coach opened at midnight afl fantasy's been open for it feels like forever uh, dream team is just imminently minutes away probably at time of recording so look maybe you're just getting into your pre-season go back and check it out plenty of great uh advice from friends of the coaches panel uh the draft doctors uh 
Rain Man's been on. He'll come back in a couple of days too, by the way. Uh, Phantom's been on. A bunch of other players. Go and check them out. Some great friends from the fantasy community and the coaches panel giving you fantasy footy advice to help you through your 2021 fantasy footy season. Well, number 22 of the 50 most relevant, a pretty important player. But is he important? Because you have to pick him. Is he important? Because he's a lock top 10 in his line. Or is he important because you can take him on and maybe make up some points against the others? Who is it? I'll tell you about him tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant. Give it up, give it up.